Hi, this is Paul Taylor, one of the co-hosts of the Career Boosters podcast. Are you ready to supercharge your career? Introducing the Career Boosters, the podcast that'll take your professional journey to the next level. We've got the success secrets, the latest trends, and essential skills to propel your career forward. No matter where you are in your journey, we've got you covered. Your dream career is just one listen away. Let's make it happen. How I would really describe it in a nutshell is you get 30 seconds to make a good first impression. You have to make it count, you have to make it relevant, and you have to make the person interested enough to want to continue the conversation. Hello, and welcome to the Career Boosters podcast. In August of 2023, we had around 55 new students join our full-time MBA program. One student in particular immediately stood out to me. And the reason why he did that is he was dressed just like I was. A golf shirt, golf pants, and sneakers. I knew this guy played golf, and I knew the easy win for me was, let's talk about it. Welcome to the podcast, Matt Orbe. Matt is so much more than a golfer. He's a musician, a volunteer, an MBA student, and the list goes on. One of the unique and interesting stories that I have heard from Matt in the last little bit is Matt had a flight canceled over the break and was supposed to spend three days in an airport. Today, we'll talk with Matt about the storytelling class that we had this week, and we'll touch on why stories are so important, as well as the frameworks that help us tell a great story. We cannot wait to dive into this topic. Matt, thanks for joining us, and I get to ask you the first question. What's the story behind your decision to embark on an MBA journey right now? Uh, at a high level, I feel like I always knew I wanted to do my MBA. Um, what really drove that was that my dad did his way back in the day. He felt like he got a lot of value from it. Uh, I mean, in terms of education, but I think most importantly, the people he met throughout his MBA really helped shape his kind of career and his journey. I think even the company he's at right now, he's one of the co-owners. And the other owner is actually someone he met in the MBA like 40 years ago. So he kind of said, you know what, enjoy the education, but really make some great connections because those are going to be the people you work with for the rest of your life. So in that sense, I knew I always wanted to do the MBA and something I was excited for. So after I graduated my BCom, uh, I went and did the construction engineering thing, worked in construction management for a while. And I kind of felt I was just at that tipping point in my career where I went from really a technical worker to kind of just dipping my toes into the managerial side now. And I just felt, you know, what in terms of timing and career progression and just kind of elevating the knowledge formally and informally, it was the right time to do it. Um, and I think lastly, I've known a couple of people who've actually gone through the U of A MBA themselves. Some of them, you know what, it just helped them kind of progress their careers a little bit quicker. They got some great value from it, met some great people. Um, but other people really kind of transformed everything they did. They went from being financial analysts to marketing people or working in not-for-profit and really just kind of gave them that stepping stone to uh, evaluate, say, what do I want to do in my life? What would make me happy? And kind of gave them the skills and knowledge to make that transition. Um, so kind of a threefold answer, but three very distinct things that made me pursue it right now. And, you know, I don't think we could have planned this if we tried, but we are here to talk about the power of storytelling. And the very first reason you gave us as to why you're in your MBA is because your dad told you stories about his time in the MBA and how powerful story can be. And so we started off talking about storytelling in class uh, and we asked you, uh, kind, of, kind of without any sort of context, just what is everybody's favorite book 
favorite uh, song, perhaps favorite movie. And it was a free for all sort of answer. I'm really curious to hear uh, what you started with. What was your favorite? So I'm like a little bit embarrassed by my answer because Indri, uh, I think everyone in the NBA knows Indri is one of my best friends. He turned around and laughed and said, I can't believe someone put Borat up there. And I was like, oh, that was me. So a little bit embarrassing answer. But you know what? What I really enjoy about Borat is like, there's not a great plot or anything to it. It's kind of like this, like you end the movie and you're like, oh, he wanted to find Pamela Anderson. Great. But what I think is so like effective about it, it's like these short little clips and it has new characters. It has new jokes. It has a new story. And you're kind of like five minutes into the joke. You're like, okay, it's getting kind of not funny. And then they transition to the next story already. And it does that for uh, throughout the whole movie. And I just found it like consistently funny. You never get bored. You're excited to see who's coming up next. What's the next adventure trouble he's going to get into. And it's one of the very few movies I can watch like over and over and over and I laugh probably more than I did the first time just because I think it's so dynamic so engaging yeah like I mean it's probably 10-15 years later and if people ask me I'm like no it's the funniest movie you've ever seen and if you haven't seen it you're missing out and I appreciate that one of the reasons you just mentioned that you really enjoyed is that it's a bunch of stories put together that capture your attention, uh, but move quick enough. Uh, we've all heard that storyteller that that loses the audience halfway through a really long, boring story. Uh, and it's a movie full of short, quick stories. And I'm with you. I also may have outed myself in class with a little bit of an embarrassing uh, admission that my favorite song is uh, Neil Diamond, Forever in Blue Jeans. Paul just, <laughs> just shaking his head again now. Yeah, I, I know. But again, it's linked to story. There's a story and a reason behind why that means something to me. Uh, and it truly is linked to something that is meaningful and, and, and a story. So we're, we're back to this crux of power of story. Tell me a little bit about your experience with storytelling, whether or not you realized that in fact was it was what it was or or the construct of it before the MBA. How how has it shown up for you? I think a really good example of this um was in my prior role right before the MBA. So I used to work in operations for a construction general contractor and was eventually transitioned into kind of a project development or a business development role. For anyone that has done business development, they know that you're kind of in a room full of people you've never met before. There's a lot of different people and you're kind of like, hey, who do I go approach? How do I approach them? And how do I make sure that if I need to make a connection with them, it was a good first impression. And I never really thought of it in this sense, but you kind of get 30 seconds to a minute to sell yourself and tell a story that's going to make them kind of say, you know what? I like that person enough that sure, let's follow up. Let's have a good conversation and kind of begin that business relationship. How I would really describe it in a nutshell is you get 30 seconds to make a good first impression. You have to make it count. You have to make it relevant and you have to make the person interested enough to want to continue the conversation. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're at a networking event or a conference, you try to talk to someone for 10 minutes, you've lost them. I think whether they're talking to you or you're talking to them, people don't have that time. They kind of want to get around mingle. So it's kind of that 30 second to one minute, maybe even elevator speech where you kind of try to sell yourself, get to share a little bit about yourself, know a little bit about the other person and use that as a stepping stone. But I think it's really important to be captivating and relevant in those 30 seconds to one minute. And you mentioned that in the context of business development uh, and 
really the root there was understanding your audience. Who am I in front of? What might they find interesting? And then how do I perhaps pull out a story or something that makes me stand out among all the other people that are going to get 30 seconds in front of them? Tell me a bit more about this tool of knowing your audience, especially from a business development perspective, you know, from a marketing perspective, how have you used that to maybe shift how you approach people from this place of storytelling and connection? Yeah, I think it's really important to know your audience because you're kind of going to tailor your message, the way you communicate that message. And just your overall delivery when you're talking with those people. So for example, if I'm meeting kind of a more senior architect that's been in the industry for 40 years, you can tell by their dress and kind of their demeanor, they're a bit more formal. I'm going to be more formal kind of in my execution, maybe in my word choice and kind of keep it a bit more high level and just formal in terms of what I'm chatting about. Um, Whereas if I kind of meet someone that looks like me, like kind of, you know, edgy haircut, cool clothes, um, a little bit younger in the industry, I feel like I can be a bit more uh, down to earth, maybe use a little bit of like industry slang and, and kind of just relate to them on a more, I don't want to say personal level, but more kind of we're in the same situation. Um, and I think it's just really important to kind of take that first five, 10 seconds, kind of look at who you're talking to and say, how do I want to approach the situation that I think is going to be most effective in chatting with you? And I would offer an example of when you and I first connected in orientation uh, of your MBA program, you and I figured out a really quick shared experience of mountain biking. So really quickly, we figured out we do something uh, at a similar level in a similar space. And suddenly you and I were sharing stories of mountain biking in Edmonton, what trails we had been on, what do we like the most, what bike do we ride? And instantly there was a connection when I'm trying to learn 60 other students, you stood out because we had a shared experience and a shared story. And that didn't take very long. We figured that out quickly. Paul talked the same thing. He knows that you uh, golf a similar shared experience and and the connection that makes. So we talked about the why first off in class. Why is storytelling even important? Why bother kind of sharpening this tool that most of us don't just naturally know how to use? What stood out to you from all of the many reasons on kind of why you should try this out? I think very similar to the um, kind of previous discussion about selling yourself in 30 seconds. I think at the end of the day, making the first impression is so important. So many relationships that you have and being able to effectively communicate a story. That's what your first impression is. It's kind of who am I? What am I about? What have I done in life? To whatever detail or extent you go into, I think really depends on the circumstance. But first impressions are everything. I can think of a lot of people, you know what, you meet them the first time you're like, wow, I, we really just didn't connect. And you kind of like have to get over that for the next couple of meetings when you chat with them. But there's other people where like you kind of just click instantly because you're like, wow, you're interesting. We have things in common, kind of like you were saying, Tiffany. But that's only made possible through effective storytelling. I think if you're not able to kind of communicate who you are, what similarities or differences you have, and like why that's intriguing to the other person, it's really hard to kind of stand out as someone that they're interested in or you're interested in. And storytelling is just a great way to kind of get over that barrier and make great relationships in the um, kind of early stages. 
And interesting that you talk about first impressions, because we were linking a lot of the storytelling to even the importance when interviewing, right, wrapping this into career management and career development. And the fact that an interview is a chance to tell many different stories to both make a good first impression, but not only that, to get across information and an experience in a very engaging sort of way. Have you had experience with that from an interview and a career perspective where weaving in story has been a tactic that you've used along the way? Yeah, I think storytelling is a great way to kind of highlight the the good and the bad experiences that we've all experienced. You know what? I think one of the classic interview questions is always, tell me about a time you've had to deal with a difficult teammate. And I think like, you know what, if you were just to come in and say, here's some facts, here's how I would deal with someone who's difficult. It's kind of surface level and it doesn't seem very genuine, but I think if you're able to give some context and say, here's the situation, here's where the kind of disagreement or tension came from. Here was the impact of that disagreement, but then here's how we resolved the issue and here's the outcome. I think it was Deep who, who mentioned it on the last podcast where he said the STAR method. I think if you take the STAR method kind of combine that with a like very powerful story it just makes your answer so much more tangible and it shows that like you've actually lived through it as opposed to kind of like a theoretical approach to how you would deal with a difficult situation I think it really just elevates your uh, your answers and kind of keeps the interviewer engaged and says that was a good answer Absolutely. And a little bit of a spoilers for our episode on interviews. Uh, But for those of you wondering what the STAR method is, that's an ability to have a bit of a formula on how you tell a story, truly, but how you answer uh, a specific interview question. And then that's to go through the situation, the task, the action, and the result. And we will go more in depth, I would imagine, on that in, in our next episode. But this storytelling lends itself to many different mediums. And Matt, one of the really interesting things about your story is that you are a musician and music is certainly a way that we use to tell story. How does it wrap in for you within music? Yeah, that's kind of an interesting question. I'm the guitarist in a Ukrainian band, uh, exclusively Ukrainian music, no English, no other languages. Sounds weird, but there's definitely a niche for it in Canada. Um, Have a lot of fun with it, play shows kind of throughout Canada. I think in a lot of like the shows we play, we play music, but either at the beginning of a show, specifically like if we're playing like a cultural festival, like Heritage Days, uh, U-Fest in Edmonton, um, whatever cultural event it might be, we always kind of take 30 seconds to just explain like who we are as a band, but more importantly, why we're at the show. So I think a really big thing that we try to focus on is Like we like to bring like fun, energetic music that people like to listen to, um, like in the car or if you're sitting at the festival. Ideally, we like it when people dance because that kind of gives us energy too. So we really highlight that. But I think more importantly, we always throw in a message about like, be proud of your culture, be proud of your heritage. Like if you can share with other people, do it. I think at the end of the day, like it's something I'm really proud about being Ukrainian a lot of my best friends, everything like that are Ukrainian. And like being able to share our culture and music with other people, like I find a lot of like intrinsic value in it. I have a lot of fun with it. And I feel like I'm kind of like playing a role in like preserving that. And we actually like verbalize that 
when we play festivals and whatever. And I think it kind of gives people like a different appreciation for what you're doing. You're not kind of just this band up there having fun jumping around. But if you kind of give people that context, they're like, you know what? I've never heard a Ukrainian band before. I'll give it a listen, kind of see what I think about it. And if even if they hated us, they might go home and say, yeah, you know what? I checked out the Ukrainian band this weekend. Um, so I think just taking those 30 seconds to say, here's who we are and here's what we're about kind of just gives a added layer of meaning to what we do. I think it's really neat that you just talked about using story, uh, even if it's a short 30 seconds to amplify the why and that that's truly what a story is built to do. It's built to connect to the why, not just the data or the facts or the timelines. Somebody could stand up and, and talk about Ukrainian culture, also important. But for you to do that and amplify it with music, what an interesting way to take story and just make it supersized uh, and the connection that it makes. I'm also curious if we can flip to the other uh, kind of really important part that I know is is a big part of your life, which is volunteering and volunteering with youth and kids. How does story weave in there? Yeah, that's a great question. Sometimes I, I don't want to say I struggle with it, but I've worked with kids anywhere from ages six to 18. And I will tell you from like very like recent experience, the way you engage with a six-year-old and try to communicate with them and keep them engaged and happy for an hour and a half is very different than what an 18-year-old is think is cool um, and what they want to listen to. So I think back to knowing your audience, you really have to tailor what your message is, how you want to deliver it, if you want to be effective in your communication and your storytelling. So I think specifically, for example, right now I'm working with a group of boys uh, every Saturday who are seven to eight years old. I have to keep my message and the way I communicate it pretty basic. I mean, if you kind of start going into crazy detail or your story is five, 10 minutes long, you lost them at 45 seconds. Uh, so you really have to tailor your message and you have to know your audience if you want to be able to communicate what you want to do and ensure that they understood it and were able to kind of uh, process it and actually like be able to use that information. So I think the most important thing is just know your audience, plan ahead of time, because you definitely need a lot of contingency in there. And also read the room. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're kind of losing your audience, I, I find this especially with the younger kids after two minutes, be quick, be adaptable and kind of move on to the next thing. And that's how you keep them engaged. So be adaptable, be flexible, know your audience. Paul, you spend a lot of time telling stories to your audience, well, also now my audience, but an audience of MBA students, but you've been telling stories to MBA students for years. What is it that you consider when you are telling stories to that audience? It's kind of what Matt was saying about being in the moment. And if I'm noticing that there's some body language changes, if something is like flying over the top of their heads, it's how do I change and adapt? And if I'm looking at changing and adapting, whether it's coaching young kids in sports or whether it's working with MBA students, we need to have different forms and different methods of communication, but also different stories to accompany those, right? So if I notice that one story isn't working, it's okay, I can change it to something maybe a little funnier, or maybe with MBA students, maybe I need to be 
try to be less funny and a little bit more on the serious side to say this is a best practice. And so I think it it is about adjustments and adaptation, but I think it's the awareness of when do I need to switch? We've all been in those conversations that Matt was kind of talking about earlier, 10 minute conversation about some guy's recent project and blah, blah. It's like, you know, I'm sitting there glassing over and I'm like, please change the topic because this is not interesting to me. And so I think it's about the adaptation and it's about the ability to quickly with very little timing move into something different and that comes from preparation and knowing your stories so we've talked a lot about why they're important and how to understand your audience and be adaptable but there is truly some how do i tell a story the methodologies the strategies behind telling an effective story and we went through some of that in class and and i can reiterate but madam i'm curious first what was it about how to tell a good story that uh, you picked up on? You know, I think the two things that really stood out to me most. First, have a very clear purpose or defined mission, what you're attempting to achieve uh, when you're telling the story. I think at the end of the day, a lot of us like tell a story and we're kind of like, I don't know what I was trying to say there. And like, I kind of just rambled on for five minutes and didn't really say anything. So I think really having that, clear and defined purpose. That's really what drives kind of the structure of your story. And then I think we kind of discussed this in class, having a beginning, middle, end, and kind of weaving in that star mentality. It really just follows like a cohesive and kind of um, logical framework and process at that point. It's easy to follow. You kind of understand, Kate, you did that. Now you're doing this. Um, and you can look at the end of the story and it kind of made logical sense. And when you tie that in with the purpose, the way I like to kind of think about this is we've all read papers that are like well-structured, the sentences are clear, easy to read. And like you finish a one-page paper and like, I know exactly what they were saying. And then we've all read papers with like spelling mistakes, run on sentences, no purpose. And you kind of like read one page and like, I have no idea what you were trying to say. And I think storytelling is the exact same way. If you have that clear structure and purpose, it's easy to follow. If you're kind of all over the place, it's like, Kate, thanks for the story, but no idea what you're trying to get across to me. So I think it's important to tie that into storytelling as well. I have literally had interview candidates trying to answer a question that I've asked them and say those exact words that you just said at the end of their long ramble that went to all sorts of places. They look at me with these big eyes going, I don't actually know what I was trying to say here. <laughs> in the middle of an interview, no less. So when nerves are high and, you know, a high stakes situation, yeah, it's really important to know purpose. I appreciate the beginning, middle, end. And I will add on to that, that we talked about a strategy from Kendra Hall called normal explosion, new normal. Good stories have some sort of rub, some sort of tension, some sort of change. Uh, and that would be the explosion piece. So this beginning, what was going on? What was my normal? What happened in the middle? What was the rub, the tension, the change? And then where did my new normal end up? We've also all heard stories that are just a timeline. I did this and I did this and I did this and then I was here. Not super interesting. We missed the explosion. What is it that you are thinking about, Matt, to practice some of these to sharpen this toolkit for yourself? I think a great example of that is kind of stand or stepping outside of your comfort zone 
explaining and having that opportunity to practice telling stories to people that maybe you don't necessarily get the chance to often in a situation that you're not always in. So I'm kind of looking at this podcast right now. I've never been on a podcast. I don't think I've ever got to spend this much time with both of you without the rest of the NBA there as well. And I'm kind of listening to some of my questions. I'm like, I'm saying don't ramble and have a purpose. Am I rambling? Do I have a purpose? So it's kind of pushing me outside that comfort zone to be like, okay, this is unfamiliar for me. This is kind of new. Um, And it's fantastic. I mean, I think we're all kind of in that stage right now where interview season's coming up. Everyone's looking for internships, jobs after graduation. And like, this is really kind of keeping me on my toes. It's pushing me a little bit. I'm thinking you guys are a different audience than when I volunteer with my youth group. You're a different audience than when I engage with some of my peers in the NBA. Um, So my stories are a little bit different and it's good. I'm definitely uh, sitting here thinking about my answers, thinking, okay, is this the right message for the right audience? It's good. I feel like I'm kind of pushing myself right now. So I think finding those situations and being open to kind of engaging with them and pursuing them, even if it's, you know what, you're busy with school or it's a little bit unfamiliar and a little bit scary, take it, have some fun with it and don't be afraid to push yourself outside your comfort zone. I just want to bold underline and highlight the strategy that you said here for practicing this. And it's just that practice, but with people get uncomfortable, be willing to get uncomfortable. You got to say it out loud and say it out loud in a bunch of different audiences. There is no way to get better at storytelling that does not include just getting out there and practicing. All right, Matt, ready for a lightning round? Let's do it. All right. Three quick questions, three gut answers. What part of your career story gave you the biggest boost? Thinking that I wanted to work in kind of finance and banking, trying it out for a little bit and realizing it was not my thing and having to find something else and move on. What's one thing you wish you had learned sooner? Being okay with ambiguity and the unknown. And as career coaches, Paul and I really value service. And and I know you do too, Matt. So we're really curious to hear how service is going to show up for you this next week. I am taking, I think, like 20 or 30 kids sledding this weekend. I don't know if we're actually going to be sledding because I don't know if there's any snow left. So I'm going to do something on the fly, but kind of volunteering with my youth group for a couple hours this Saturday. Uh, give them some sort of fun. And there's that adaptability skill showing up again. Paul, have you got a random Paul's question? I have many questions, but Matt, I would love to hear from you since the theme of this episode is storytelling. Who's the best storyteller that you've known? It would be my dad. He's one of these people like, so my parents lived in the same house for like 35 years. My dad was the guy on the street chatting with all the neighbors. He knows everyone in the neighborhood, even if they live like 50 houses down. But I thought it's because they've been there for so long. Um, So they recently moved into a new place maybe a year ago. And it's the exact same thing. He's always on the street, always chatting with everyone, knows everyone's grandma, knows what their like kids are up to, what the third cousins do for work. But I think because he's just so engaging with everyone, like first of all, takes that really vested interest in people. Where like, if you get to chat with my dad, I think he's just one of those people like you want to tell him like, how's your day? What are you up to? Like, I swear he knows everyone's life story within 10 minutes somehow. And it's like, it's really weird. 
but it seems like everyone confides in him really, really quick. Um, but in terms of storytelling, so I think, first of all, to be able to tell stories, you have to build those relationships. And I think he's really strong at that. He's just one of these people, like, I think he has a lot of, like, good experiences. Um, and he's able to weave them into very effective stories. Like, he's engaging. And he's one of these people, he just knows his audience. Like, if it's someone you have to be a bit more eloquent with, like, he's very well-spoken and engaging with that but I think what is maybe his best skill is he's able to kind of relate a story to you like what's its relevance to you why are you interested in this and how can we relate this back to you to kind of create a conversation so I can get to know more about you learn about you so the story is almost like a catalyst to conversation and then the conversation stems from there so I'm taking away two things from this podcast. We need to meet Matt's dad. We started the podcast, starting talking about him and ending with him and his stories. And not only that, I feel like Matt's dad should join us and teach storytelling perhaps next next year. Hey, Paul. <laughs> and I hope uh, you have your dad listen to this podcast because I think that was a beautiful demonstration on how powerful storytelling can be. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us, for getting uncomfortable, for jumping right in, practicing, even if it wasn't perfect, this beautiful art and powerful art of storytelling. I know I've enjoyed listening to your stories and hearing how they involve, you know, music and kids and service and profession. Uh, it's just been a joy for me as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. We want to thank Matt for joining us. Never recorded a podcast before. He's a great communicator. We had a lot of fun. He was out of his comfort zone. Talk about a great way to practice your storytelling skills. The three key takeaways for today. The first one, all stories have characters in them. If we think about stories, they have the who, the what, the when, the where, the how, the why, all of those things. But I think we need to start with the characters. Who is there? How do I talk about these people? From the wild movie of Borat to Matt's dad, they, there was characters driven through all of the examples that Matt was giving. The second key takeaway, knowing your audience. Whether you're speaking to a six-year-old child or whether you're speaking to a CEO that is at the peak or pinnacle of their career, knowing your audience is crucial to when it comes to the ability and the willingness to tell story. Matt gave some great examples, some great stories about how he needs to tailor messages, how he needs to understand what this audience is going to look, look for. From an architect with 20 years of experience to a six-year-old child in their youth group, the message is going to be a little different and the story is going to be a little different. And the third one, this is kind of a, a segue into next week's podcast around interviews. But I think stories help us succeed in interviews. It's plain and simple, starting from the very first question that's usually tell me about yourself. That should start with a story. Getting into the behavioral-based interview questions like tell me a time when or give me an example of. If we use our storytelling skills to answer these questions, we're going to see great success. Thanks for listening. We hope you listen to us again soon. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in to the Career Boosters podcast. Looking for more insights to elevate your professional, personal, and career growth? We've got the boost you need. Join myself and Paul next time for more actionable advice and real-world stories. And remember, subscribe wherever you enjoy podcasts, ensuring you catch every tip and tactic to boost your career journey. See you next time.